Hi, uh, my name is Matthew P. John. I am the senior pastor of this church. And if this is the first time you're coming to a church, I'm the one you should be afraid of. <laughs> you know, <laughs> before I was a Christian, like most of you, I used to go to church once in a year for Christmas because I like the lights and I like the songs and all that. So I go in and I hear this beautiful Christmas carols singing and the bells and everything and in a good mood. Then in walks the preacher with the Bible in his hand and yelling at me, telling me how bad I am and we are all going to hell in a handbasket and all that. I know, I know what you're thinking, okay? So if this is any consolation, I'm here without my Bible. I'm not going to preach. I'm going to reserve my preaching for tomorrow. Tomorrow we have regular service at 9.30. So I'm going to use this time to tell you a little story. Is that okay? Okay, great, <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, my story comes from long, long time ago in the far, far east. Well, it's not that long time ago, around 70s and 80s, I was a little kid. Um, not that far, far east, India, where I was born, you know. There is a direct flight from LAX to India now. So it's not that far, but it's for a dramatic effect to start a story like that, right? So when I was a little boy growing up in India, and my memories of Christmas Childhood memories are so vivid and so colorful. See, many people think that India is, is a non-Christian country, which it is actually. 90% uh, of people of India follow a religion called Hinduism, okay? And then another 8% are Muslims. And then Christians are roughly 2%. This is the official statistics. But Christmas celebration in India is actually very versatile, very meaningful, and again, like I said, very colorful than I have seen in America and even in Canada. The reason being, Hindus have no problem accepting Jesus as one of their many gods. If you go to many Hindu, house, Hindu homes, you will see like a shrine with different idols of their gods. In the, right in the middle of it, it's quite usual, quite common to see a, an idol of Jesus too. They have no problem accepting Jesus as one of their many gods. Now, I don't know if you know this, Muslims believe that Jesus is one of the greatest prophets ever lived. And the birth of Jesus is written in the Quran pretty much the same exact way how it is described in the Bible, in the Gospels. Muslims believe that Jesus is born of a virgin, pretty much like the narrative, the nativity story. So there is no problem for people, you know, of other religion to celebrate Christmas. So it's, a, it's such a festive season in India to, to celebrate Christmas. And do, by the way, do you know what people in India call Christmas? We call it Christmas. <laughs> Here in America, people are afraid. Oh, you know, let's, don't say happy Christmas. Let's say happy holiday. You know, we don't want to hurt anybody's feeling. When the Hindus and Muslims are walking around saying happy Christmas, everybody, happy Christmas, everybody, I don't know. Anyway, I don't want to get into another tangent here. 
But anyway, <laughs> one of the fondest memories we have in India, which unfortunately many of you will never have, is that we used to have something called a live manger theater. What it means is, you know, when I grew up in the 80s as a kid, uh, I lived in a, one of the suburban cities, like, like Pasadena, but even in suburb, suburbs in India, every house will have a barn attached to it. There is a cattle shed. We always, all of, all of us had goats and cows and chickens running around, even in suburbs, upper class suburbs, right? That's the, that's the life it was. When we wanted milk, we, could, we don't just open the fridge and take it from the plastic bottle. We go to the udder of the cow and get fresh, fresh milk. That's the way we grew up, anyway. But Christmas season, we turned this actual manger, this live actual manger, or we used to call it stable, you know, stable or cattle shed, basically, into nativity theaters and real mangers. And we will have live cows, live goats, live chickens, live Joseph, live Mary, live angels, except Jesus will always be a doll, right? Like, you know, Jesus will be a doll. But otherwise, it's pretty accurate depiction of the actual Christmas, right? But the best part, though, the beautiful thing about Christmas, you know, live manger theater, is we really get the smell of Christmas. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, that is something we really, really miss in the nativity scene here in America. See, the, where actually Jesus was born, there was cows and the, you know, whatever there was, urine and cattle, cow dung, and all the, the, that, that fragrance of Christmas. And we used to get that, it's, it's just a smell, you know, we, actually we are inside that scene, right? Now the reason I'm saying this, I'll show you a picture of the a kind of a artistic depiction of where Jesus was born. It looks something like that, basically like a little uh, shed carved inside a rock, and you will see some straw bed, and as I said, you can imagine whatever else was there. It was a noisy scene with the bleeding of the sheep and the, you know, the lowing of the, uh, of the cows and all of that, and that, and that stench that stench of cow dung and all that, that is something the picture cannot depict, right? That's where Jesus was born. Now, I'll show you another picture. Now, this is where, this is what that exact place looked like right now. If you go to Holy Land in Bethlehem, there is a place called Church of Nativity. And they basically created a shrine around where it is believed to be the actual place Jesus was born. Now, this is no cattle shed, is it? Actually, when you walk in, I have never been there, but my wife has been there. I've never been to Holy Land. But people say when you walk in, you cannot just walk into this place. You literally have to bend your knee because the way they created it, because you have to go with reverence. You have to bend your knee and go inside like that. 
What happened? What happened? See, in the early 2000s, there used to be a television show called Extreme Makeover. Have you seen that? Extreme Home Makeovers? And they will take this run-down, damaged property, and then they renovate it, they change the roof, and they change the walls, and they change the floor, and they change everything. And in the end, there is a dramatic reveal. Oh my goodness, that house didn't look anything like there is a before picture they will show you, and then there is an after picture they will show you. Now this is extreme makeover Christmas edition. And I showed you the before picture, and I showed you the after picture. What happened? Christ, the Savior, was born right there. That's what happened. See, the birth of the Savior should radically change the place, the environment in which he is born. Otherwise, Christmas is not Christmas. It's a holiday. I think the secular people are right. If you want to really call it Christmas, you should let Christ be born in your heart. See, our heart, the Bible says, Jeremiah 79, this is what it says. Our heart is more deceitful than all else and desperately sick. Who can understand this? My heart right here is a cattle shed with full of clamor, full of dirt and filth. And I put a nice blazer on top of it, say, I am the senior pastor of this church. And you say, wow, good job. But God is sitting in that pew and looking at me and say, Matthew, John, I can smell you. The stench, the stench that coming from your heart can penetrate the nostril of God. And I want you to remember and that this Christmas to be Christmas, we have to let Christ the Savior be born in our heart. First Corinthians chapter 3 verse 16 says this, do you not know that you are the temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells in you. So the same heart, when Jesus Christ is born, he radically transformed this into a temple. Same thing that happened to the manger in Bethlehem. Once it was made of mud and now it is turned into marble. Once there was bleeding of gods and loving of cows, and now if you go there, the, 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 the choral music and the worship music all the time because it's Church of Nativity, songs there, once it had the stench of cow dung, now there is fragrance, there's the fragrance of incense. God changed a stable into a temple that physically happened in Bethlehem, metaphorically, spiritually happened right here right inside my heart. He took it, transformed it, and said, Matthew, I'm going to make it a house of God. I really, really want you to have that experience today.
I really want you to have it. Please don't walk away. I know this is probably the only time you come to church. Do not waste this time. This is such an important time in your life, and I'm telling you, you know the famous story, there is no place in the inn, and Joseph and Mary walking around where Christ the Savior can be born. There were five-star hotels and three-star motels all around. They all said, no, no, we are busy, we are busy, we don't want you. Do you know where all those five-star hotels are now? They are nowhere, they are deep buried under the mud. Archaeologists are digging up, excavating them piece by piece to see how Bethlehem used to look like, all those five-star hotels. Oh, but the manger of Bethlehem, <laughs> that little smelly place, has become the house of God. And if you hear a knock at the door of your heart, don't let Christ the Savior pass by you. Don't hold on to your mansions and your career and your everything and even your family. There is nothing more important than Christ the Savior being born into your heart to have an extreme makeover heart edition. Now that is the real Christmas. And I want you to know that Christmas is not something you celebrate. Christmas is something that happens to you. Christmas has to happen to you. 1987 in a July evening, that's when Christmas happened to me. That's my real Christmas. That's when I found Christ. That's when I invited him in. That's when he made that transformation in my life. And I want this to be your real Christmas. Your Christmas. Would you let Christ the Savior be born in your heart? I'm going to invite my wife, Joanne, in. And we are going to light the last candle, which is Christ's candle. As Beth said, all other candles are lit. And today, when Joanne lit, lights that candle, I want you to know, I want you to use it as a metaphorical, a symbol of Jesus being born into your heart. Can you open your heart to Jesus? Can you ask him to come into your heart and transform it? See, then only it will truly become a silent night. In a minute, right after that, we are going to sing silent night, holy night. We are going to one... When Joanne is going to light the candle, we will all light that little candle in our hand and we are going to sing Silent Night, Holy Night. But I want to tell you, I want to tell you, don't be a hypocrite. Because if it is to be a real silent night, if it is to be a real holy night, we need to let Christ be born in our heart. That's Christmas. Otherwise, nothing is going to be calm. Nothing is going to be bright. I'm so sorry to give it to you straight up, straight looking at your face. And this is the time for us to really experience Christmas, real Christmas, your Christmas. Joanne, would you, would you say a prayer before you, before you light the candle? Heavenly Father, 
I thank you, Lord, for this time. I thank you for this privilege. I thank you for the gift of you. As I think about all of our homes, mm. our spaces that we decorate and, and, and set up and, and pretty up for this season of Christmas, oh Lord, I, I think with joy and praise when I think of once we open up our hearts to you, we're allowing you to do exactly that in our hearts and in our lives. And I thank you, Lord, for that privilege. Father, as we go out, as we speak and interact and uh, go out to the people outside of your church, of your family, I pray that our words and our deeds will also impact them in a way where they will desire to have that same experience of having you in their lives. The joy, the beauty, the light that comes from knowing you and giving our hearts and our lives to you. All this, Lord, I place in your hands and ask for your blessing. In your name I pray, amen. amen.